rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. All right, yo. I hope you can hear me because I updated my computer and I'm sure there's going to be some fucking surprises. So, yeah, hey guys, I'm Tara Devlin and this is Tara Buster. We meet here usually on Saturday evenings. That's our regular slot at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels, and then we're rebroadcast starting Sunday on Progressive Voices or anytime on the Progressive Voices app. Looks like everything is going out okay. I see you, Haiku. Thank you. Welcome, welcome. Sounds good. All right. Wonderful. I still haven't figured out the phones. We'll have to, I don't know. I have some tickets out there. Support for support help. We'll see what happens. And... If not, I'll have to buy a new audio interface, I guess. That's that's probably that's the last resort. I don't know. Whatever. It's just more money. You know what I mean? This, this, this shit ain't free. It isn't. I hate to say it. So that's why I really appreciate you guys. For your support, your patronage, your just showing up. Thank you. And helping you guys... You buy merch, you support the show at, at uh, patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. You contribute whenever you can. You share the show. You give the show a good review. We'll, we'll get there eventually, and we won't have all these technical problems. Hopefully, there'll still be cats walking around in the background no matter where we go, how big the show goes. But, yeah, I figured let's touch base because we're about to... Uh, I don't know. Head into World War Three, I guess they're they're calling. Well, tr- Twitler is a. This it, this is why I'm I'm fucking losing my mind. Okay, we are allowing this asshole to play with Earth like it's his own little, uh, like he's a cat with a with a with a ball of yarn, just batting it around. Whatever distractions he needs. I don't know if you saw that speech today. That Adderall-riddled joke. What an international embarrassment. And it's really just concerning how we allow it to continue. This is, this is why I wore my Augustus t-shirt. Oops, I put the wrong... I hit the wrong button there. All right, good night. <laughs> Could you imagine? Bye. No, I'm just kidding. Hi. One day I'll just be like that. Fuck it. Bye. And just, you'll hear the mic drop. So I'm wearing my Augustus t-shirt because it's a reminder of how republics die. Here's the first citizen of Rome. He wasn't the, he wasn't the emperor of Rome. He was first citizen, first among equals. He was just a really good citizen, number one citizen. He didn't, he didn't call himself emperor. We call him that now, in retrospect. But later in, the Roman, in Roman history, they did call themselves emperor because it takes time to whittle away at the pillars of freedom and democracy and, well, and a republic. Not that, obviously, Rome had its issues with 
everything, uh, being uh, an ancient civilization, uh, a slave that based on slave. I mean, they had a whole system of slavery. Women clearly weren't anything. They, for many years uh, in the history of Rome, in Rome, women didn't even have their own names. They were just called the names of their of their family. Julia, uh, such as, uh, for example, Julia minor julia major i mean you would just be you know you wouldn't you were only the property of a man you know what i'm saying so obviously we have evolved to a degree but that doesn't mean that republics don't die and they are dying i believe this country right around right all over the globe the uh the republics are being knocked down and replaced by authoritarian dictators. And uh, it doesn't happen overnight, but it happens one rigged, gerrymandered, kick in the, uh, in the pillars of democracy at a time. And I just looked at the chat. Thank you guys. Oh, my God, already. Jim and Redeem, Redeem Fitness, thank you for your support. It means it keeps it going, man. That's it. It keeps it going. I see the chat room filling up. If you guys are in Facebook or on on uh, any other of the platforms show, that are sh- streaming the show, come on over to YouTube because we that's where I'm reading the chats from. And because I don't have, I mean, I do. I could pop around to all of the platforms, but that's too. It's too di- damn distracting. So we. I kind of just stick to YouTube. Because there's that's where everybody is. That's where all the cool kids hang out. You know what I mean? And you're all invited. You're everybody's a cool kid who comes to listen and watch Terror Buster. I mean, this is we're a very welcoming community, except if you're a freak, meaning a right wingers. Because it really is. It's not about Democrat Republicans. It's about normal people and and uh, Republicans. Right-wingers, however you call them. Conservatives, whatever they are, they suck. Yeah, um, anyway, I watched, I can't even help it. I was watching that fucking monster, that orange waste of human DNA read a teleprompter today. Clearly doped up on Adderall, and he looked like shit. He sounded like shit. He lo- he's embarrass- embarrassing to the United States. You think of all those who fought, bled, and died for this thing, and that's what we got. That's it? He is, he is proof that the system is broken. Now we can either take the cue, or we can continue down the trail of every other, uh, many, many republics throughout history. Not every other, but... The majority, unfortunately, because it takes it takes work to maintain a republic, and people just are not that smart. That's the way it is. People want to go along to get along. There's greed, immorality, selfishness. Hello, Terry Jr. Jr. Come on over, honey. Yes. All right. Oh, hold on. Look at him. <laughs> at least. He's in the world. You a good boy? What do you think? All right, sit down. So, yeah. 
Anyway, well, let's just dive in. I'm kind of all over the place right now. Uh-oh. Jack Avalon on Periscope. I'm getting a chat from Periscope because I have this thing called Restream Chat. So for some reason, now I'm seeing the Periscope. But come into the YouTube channel, Jack, if you're... If you want to really chat with people, uh, there's a lot of people over on YouTube at the RDT Daily YouTube channel. So if you're a conservative, hey, come on in. As long as you're normal, I mean, like, not an asshole, I should say. Not abusive, you know what I mean? I, I, I'm the abusive one here. We, I get to do the abuse. I'm not really abusing, I'm just as... What's uh, as Harry Truman said, we don't we don't give them hell. We tell the truth, and they think it's hell. So Jack on Periscope, I see he he writes, "I'm a conservative. You are a liberal. Both human beings with different beliefs, right?" I guess so, if in the ideal sense of the word. But it's not even about. I, I'd really like to know what you mean by conservative. You know what I mean? Because there's, I guess if you were an Eisenhower-type conservative who believed in democracy, weren't, uh, weren't trying to undermine it, weren't electing grift grifters, con men, greed-centered idiots, morons, who use, who, who take power and ensure that they, nobody can challenge them. That's what I see with Republicans. They're not really interested in democracy, the modern Republican. They're not interested in uh, meeting people squarely on the field of ideas and saying, hey, we both believe in a functioning democracy. We both believe in a middle class that is economically secure and vibrant and can participate in democracy. But we have different ideas how to get there. That's, that's not today's Republican Party. They, they are actively undermining democracy as, as an institution. And I guess when I say democracy, what, it's an overarching term what, for the, what we have, which is a constitutionally limited democratic republic. I want the whole world to be incredibly rich. End of corruption, things like that. The whole incredibly rich, sure. But, you know, we don't get to be incredibly What is incredibly rich, first of all? People, we, the dream, the American dream used to be that any worker from the high to the low, the, the janitor, the person who uh, swept the floors to the, to the ones who sat in the boardroom, all deserved a decent middle-class life, at least, right? That we all had value. We all had a seat at the table. And that's not the way it is anymore. The, the, those in the boardroom have entirely too much power, while the, those sweeping the floor are now working they, they, they don't, they, to even have the kind of standard of living that their grandparents consider their birthright, is, uh, it's, it's uh, out of their grasp. So you can't work three uniquely American low-paying jobs and uh, not have any security or 
where, you know, living in a country where one-third of the American people can't retire, that's, that's a problem. And that's the result of government policy. So democracy is cultivated. It, is, it isn't trickled on us. So I believe that uh, what I see with Republicans is that they think that if you, I mean, really, here's the thing. If, if it were, if, this, if it were the case that giving all the money and power to the, to the already rich and powerful or, tr or concentrating the wealth into the hands of those that are, are, have so much money that they can't spend it in a thousand lifetimes, if that did really trickle down, then we would be all for it. Liberals would be like, all right, let's do it. Cool, great. But it doesn't. What it does is it, it entrenches power to, into the, to the point where it challenges democracy itself. And this is why go, the, uh, the Republicans hate government. Be, what they're talking about when they hate government is that they hate democracy. They don't want anything challenging the power of concentrated wealth. And we used to understand this as a people. The organized money is just as dangerous as organized mob. And the, we had a 40-year period known as the Great Prosperity because of government policy that cultivated a, an economically vibrant working class from the ground up. And that came by putting democracy in the workplace, unions, having trade and tariff regulations that protected American workers. You know, this is why Trump, he ran as, he ran uh, with liberal policies, talking about how everyone's going to get health care, the forgotten man and woman won't be forgotten anymore, but he's full of shit. He has concentrated wealth even more egregiously into the hands of people who won't spend it in a thousand lifetimes. So, and, and you know, it's, we, it's the thing that annoys me about the media, the corporate media, and um, this, even Democrats was, oh, this is a, this, the economy is great. It's such a great, even when Obama was in office, he, he is not a liberal as far as I'm concerned. So, when, when Obama rescued the economy from the second Great Republican, from the second Republican Great Depression in a hundred years, he didn't uh, he he didn't shore up the uh, you know the policies that concentrated wealth. We still have the widest income disparity of all OECD nations, and we are still the least upwardly mobile. This is a problem. So. Anyway, you can't have, as uh, Justice Louis Brandeis said, you can make your choice. You can have democracy or you can have concentrated wealth, but you can't have both. And anyway, there you go. Ultimately, I believe that conservatives are, this is the, the, the tension. This is the argument. It is who will rule. It, it goes back to the founding of this country where the conservatives were arguing for more of a, you know, of a monarchical, mon mon I can't speak too sometimes, monarchical system. 
Even John Adams wanted the president to be called Your Majesty. So they, there is this uh, underlying theme in conservatism that only some people deserve the, uh, the benefits of civilization. And uh, as Rush Limbaugh famously said once, because every now and then the truth slips out when Republicans are they, they, when Republicans talk, they'll they say things and uh, they betray what they really what they really feel. And Rush Limbaugh famously said, "Some people are just born to be slaves. That's what that's how they feel. If you you know were meant to uh, be rich." then you would have been born that way. You would have married a billionaire. You would have picked yourself up by your bootstraps and marry a billionaire. Something like that. Other than that, don't pester them. This is why they want to separate people from government. Because government is the only institution large enough and powerful enough to regulate a, an economy that works for all. And that's what, that's what government is. Ultimate, we are the government, and that's uh, anyway. Whatever, let's go. Let's get back into it. What I was gonna do? What I just before I came on the air here, the um, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, Mike Lee, who is a Republican. Oh shit! Something happened. Hold on. I am getting, it's for some reason, my ecam is not, is stuck now. Fuck. What the fuck? Wait a minute, guys. Great. This sucks. This is what happens. What? Okay, hold on. It's, it came back. I was trying to um, access one of the videos, and the ecam just, like, froze up. But thankfully, it jumped back in, back to life. Okay, Mike Lee was trending on Twitter because he went. He came out of the 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 classified briefing that the the Twitlers administration supposedly gave co to Congress after the fact. Because we understand this, we're not stupid. Do not treat us like we're fucking stupid. Everybody knows that Twitter has no plan. His plan is whatever is feeds his insatiable narcissism for the moment. Whatever pleases Sean Hannity and the dupes on Fox News, the, the idiots, the useful idiots who want to stick it to the libs and drink liberal tears. He doesn't give a shit. He is all, if it destroys... The um, anything that Obama did, any legacy, if it sullies Obama in some way, because ultimately Twitler understands that he he is unfit. He's unfit to lick Obama's taint, much less sit in the same Oval Office that Obama sat in. And so whenever he speaks, he has to disparage Obama. And not only is this, this, it goes right into what we're saying about Republicans hating democracy, because they're ultimately undermining the, the trust that the American people have in government. That is the ultimate goal. And this is how you destroy a fucking democratic republic. You separate people from the government. You, you start, you have them of all, um, these the festering idiots 
wondering about conspiracy theories, thinking that everyone's out to get them, that th- that the that those that they have elected are running pedophile rings out of pizzerias and things like that. They want us to n- mistrust the uh, ha- democracy itself and turn to the big authoritarian daddy who will save us from the scary complex world. And anyway, not everybody got the memo, I suppose. But Mike Lee came out of the SCIF, which is the um, sec- you know, secure room. It's a classified briefing room where you know, none of uh, Twitler's friends are supposed to be able to have access to, like Putin and Kim Jong-un. They're not, they're not listening in. But don't worry, Twitler will fill them in later. He will. So they, they can rest assured at that. But they were, after the fact, given um, a briefing why Twitler had to assassinate this, this Iranian uh, general or whatever. Um, you know, because he wanted uh, uh, to keep America safe. My ass, he wanted it. Bullshit. Keep us safe. And he had to bash, of course, the Iran nuclear deal because we're supposed to all believe that Twitler, a man with a fake university, failed bankruptcies, bankrupting casinos six times, someone who had a vitamin scheme where you had to pee in a cup and send it uh, off to some scam so they can send, sell you some vitamins. Somebody, non-FDA approved vitamins. Some moron who, who went from, from grift to grift to grift, starting with the original grift, which was his daddy. His, his daddy was a real estate mogul, not even that big a mogul in New York, but was rich. And that's all. He, he was born with a trust fund. And he, it, this is how he made his money. He sucks at business. He cannot negotiate a deal. This is why he went bankrupt in the casino six times. First of all, because he can't, he's, he's not good at ne- negotiating. And we know this for a fact because people who work for the organization said he sucked. All he did was sit around and stare at swatches all day. And part of the reason, like, like for instance, Trump Taj Mahal, that, that, um, that fucking, you know, uh, bedbug-infested, tacky hotel that's, uh, that's bankrupt, he, he, he touted it as the eighth wonder of the world. It's, it's all marketing to him, so, which, is, which is fine, whatever. But that's, if that's all you got, I mean, you, know, you got to really bring it – uh, you have to bring something to the table. You can't just be nothing but hot air, but that's what Trump is. And he, because he sucks at business and he has no concept of money and be, because he's never had to really have, uh, there's no consequences to any of his actions. He's always had his daddy bailing him out. And in the hotel, this, for, from people who were working with him, he sucks at business. So he would say, for instance, we talk about the chandeliers because he, he liked a particular chandelier at the Trump tacky Taj Mahal. And he ordered his minions to go buy them. And, they, and he didn't give a shit how much they paid. So instead of negotiating a deal, they, he paid full freight for all of, the, of these chandeliers in his tacky hotel. 
And then when the accountant, who is not a, a grifter or a con man like all of Trump's inner circle, got hold of the numbers and he he gave the bad news to Twitler. And he's, well, this is before he was Twitler. He was just, uh, he was just a, a disco prowler, a night crawler, an idiot. Um, so he's, the guy told Twitler that they were going to be bankrupt in a month. That when warning him at this rate, they would have to lose. So the the patrons of Trump's tacky Taj Mahal would have to lose a million dollars a day in order for the hotel to to be viable. Which they don't even lose a million dollars a day in Monte Carlo. So they're not going to be losing a million dollars a day at. Uh, on uh, when you have senior citizens taking the the bus to Atlantic City from Staten Island to play the nickel slots, it's just not going to happen. And he told Trump this, and instead of you know heeding and adjusting his strategy, Trump fired the guy and sued him for libel. And this all came out in the court documents because the guy fucking won. Of course he did. Because he was telling him the truth. This is what Trump does. He had to give the appearance that he, that he, that this guy was lying. Everybody's lying, right? And then the truth has, has this funny way of catching up to the lies. And anyway, so now we're, we're in Trump's war of mass distraction because the day that he uh, ordered this, assassina- innate, the, this assassination, he got a few rounds of bad news. Now, in any other administration, in any normal time, the, any of the, th- of the stories that came out about Twitler would have been complete round-the-clock front-page news but this is these are on uh, turn to section B now and 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 talk about how Trump was backstopped by the Russian government with because he couldn't get a legitimate bank loan all roads lead to Putin he is a traitor he doesn't give a shit he hugs the flag are you kidding he hugs a flag like a hooker hugs a john getting the dupes to buy into the into his scam and you know I, I, that's what they think that's what they think is patriotism how many flag emojis can you tweet how many times can you say support the troops while doing nothing while looking back in your entire history and not having a single person who's ever worn the uniform of any country that's twitler that's his ancestors cuz they don't give a shit because of serving Serving others, putting on a uniform, serving an ideal bigger than yourself. That's for suckers. You don't serve others. You serve yourself in Twitler's world. And that's the rugged individual, right? That's uh, Ayn Rand. Altruism is evil, right? Wait, hold on. Something's in my eye. Wait a minute. I can't see. Something was in my eye. Yeah. So they they pretend to love America, but they really hate everything about America. And we've discussed this before. They hate it's pathological. They hate the what it means to be an American. What is it what is America? We are a nation of immigrants. There's no getting around that. That is how we were 
made. If you're not a Native American, you are an immigrant. Somewhere in your family tree, you're an immigrant. And some sooner or more recent than others. I'm only, it's my grandparents that came here, both sides. So, it's uh, my father, it was the first generation here. I'm second generation. I, I, this is why I'm always talking about getting the fuck out of here and going to Ireland. Because I can. And believe me, if I was in Ireland, if I was an Irish citizen, looking, uh, 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 if I was lucky enough to have been born in my, my, my uh, ancestral home, I, believe me, I'd be looking at the United States and thanking my lucky stars that I wasn't an American. I'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with those people? Why, why do they insist of voting for people that want to slit their throats? People that have parties when they kick millions of their fellow Americans off of health care. That is such a baffling dilemma to me. To understand why anybody would vote for a bunch of ghouls that have a party when they kick their fellow Americans off of their health insurance. That says to me, they hate America. They hate their fellow Americans. Because you can't be a patriot and hate your fellow Americans, because that's, the, that's what being a patriot means. Patriot means fellow countrymen. That's what it means. What is being a patriot? Wearing a fucking flag emoji on your Twitter handle? Or, or on your uh, Made in China American flag lapel pin? That's being a patriot? Support the troops while you do nothing? But send them to illegal wars of distraction? Not only do we have wars of corporate aggression, we have wars of distraction. What are we doing? What are we doing in Iran? In Iraq? Iraq? Iran is not Iraq, by the way. It's a far more capable country. And don't get, oh, he's an evil man. What the fuck is Kim Jong-un? Who is Putin? What about Mohammed bin Bonesaw in Twitler's announcement today in his Adderall-riddled, badly-read teleprompter speech, he talked about how uh, this guy, Soleimani, was, did something to Saudis. Like, that's our fucking business? Who cares? Meanwhile, they're, they're ruling over a literal handmaid's tale where women are in prison for driving. Yeah, and I don't care. Oh, well, oh, Mohammed bin Bonsar allows women to drive now. Oh, thank you, my lord. Well, guess what? All of the women who, who, who stood up to him during the time where he didn't allow... I'm sure, I'm sure many, many caveats to this women driving shit, too. But, but all of those women who protested, you know, the patriots... The women who had some kind of dignity, who knew inherently that they had value, instead of not not just in how that they how they relate to a man or what they could do for a man or what a man wants them to do, but you know how do you uh, you 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 talk about Muhammad bin fucking Bonesaw? This one's evil, but Muhammad bin Bonesaw. The man who lures a journalist, a U.S. resident, into an embassy and dismembers him alive. Now, 
how do we pick and choose our friends here? What about Kim Jong-un, you know, who Trump called the smart cookie? He's a real smart cookie. The way he massacres his own people for speaking out. He, the way that he, if somebody escapes North Korea, the way he puts the entire family in concentration camps and murders them. That's a real smart cookie. That's Trump's friend. How, how come he's always kissing ass on dictators and kicking down on democratically elected leaders? Who, because it takes a level of maturity. It, it really takes strength to function in a democracy. If you are a leader in a, dem- a democratic system, an elected representative, then you are a, you're, you're strong. That's a strong part, except for fucking Republicans. They're not strong. <laughs> they're really not, because I can go into many things. They're not. They're they're fu- they're so full of shit. It it's it's ridiculous. But anyway, I speaking of, let's get into it with uh, Mike Lee. So they, he had he was part of the briefing, which they had to do. Twitter doesn't give a shit briefing on whatever he did. He'll he'll do something else if he wants to order the murder of uh, me. Whatever. They'll come up with an excuse. It's Twitler's world. We just live in it. It's the world of a dictator envying con man who received fewer votes, with a, who has a fake university, who was just fined for scamming his own charity. You know, that guy. Yeah, it's his world. We just live in it. The f- tiny little... The tiny little... Whiner, the 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 fucking whiniest bitch who is always crying how everything is unfair, so unfair. You're goddamn right, but not in the way he's he thinks it's unfair. It sure is unfair with the one who gets the fewer votes, gets to squat in the White House and use this entire world as a uh, as what I don't even know. As toilet paper? Scums. Um, yeah, so Mike Lee came out of the skiff after the briefing that the administration, they go through the motions, you know what I mean? Until they don't have to go through them anymore. They have to, they have to just pretend. All right, we're going to give you a briefing, whatever. It's after the fact. You have to make something up. Oh, come up with an excuse. But here, Mike Lee, was, he was concerned when he came out. We just left the briefing, uh, and we were, t- we were talking about Iran. I, I want to state at the outset, I support President Trump. I support and respect the manner in which he has approached Can you believe this? Can you believe this? First of all, everyone was giving him accolades, saying, oh, well, here we go. It's like the Susan Collins uh, distraction every time or the uh what's her face lisa murkowski anytime something happens oh we have to have this dance with susan fucking collins and and lisa murkowski will they stand up to twitler oh she's threatening to she says she's concerned she has some questions and of course she's gonna go with him in the end it's all a game like Rand paul they're all sucking on Twitler's teat. I don't know why. Why? I guess because they hate democracy, ultimately. They're get, it's a means to an end. If they could get rid of him, 
ultimately they'll they'll be fine i happen to believe that in in a way twitler is actually a gift because mike pence would be a lot worse he will be just as disgusting just as much of a greed-centered ghoul uh rolling back progress and hurting the american people and earth and but he'll be able to control himself He'll be able to stay off Twitter. The fact that Twitter is so out of control is, a, is kind of uh, good. Because it just goes to show you how disgusting the Republicans are. It, it, it pulls the covers from ex- right off them and exposes them for who they are. That they really hate democracy, ultimately. And that's the game. That's the, that's the ultimate goal. And there's really no denying it anymore. Because they'll do whatever the hell Twitler says. But here we go. Because it's before Mike Lee gets to criticizing what he just witnessed, which was some bullshit lecture in the skiff. Not, it wasn't a briefing, apparently. It was the, the, the administration, the, the shit show, Telling the Congress people that they must obey, that they should not debate this in public, that they shouldn't criticize it, and they need to just go along. It was basically a briefing telling them to, to, that, that we have a king now, that they're not a co-equal branch of government. They have no right to question Twitler, and they should really do well to follow him. Whatever he does, regardless whether it's illegal, whether it's a war crime, talking about knocking down cultural, blowing up cultural sites for 52 uh, um, hostages. We're go- now we're going back 40 years. Remember how he wanted peace? Yeah, it was just, it's all Obama's fault though, right? Well, funny how when Obama was president, there weren't missiles flying into uh, American bases. But somehow that's Obama's fault, too. Somehow it's Obama's fault. All of the countries on Earth that negotiated the Iran deal with the United States over 10 years, the French, the Germans, the Russians, the Japanese, all of these countries and the United States trying to bring Iran into the, into the community of of modern nations. You don't do that down the barrel of a gun. What he's done now is unified the 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 Iranian people against the United States. Talking about uh, killing their general, okay, oh, he's a bad guy. Fuck that. They had many times, they had many opportunities to kill this guy, but they understood what it would be, the bigger picture. They made a martyr out of him, a unifying rallying cry against the United States. Congratulations, Twitler. You just made every American at home or or anywhere on earth more, uh, what's more, (laughs) unsafe, I was going to say, more loathed. More a target, much more. He doesn't understand, but, you know, it's like a little baby, a baby who doesn't get it. 
the consequences of his actions. There's no daddy. He's got no daddy, though, to bail him out anymore. It's the whole earth. Talking about destroying Iranian cultural sites, which he doesn't understand. Why can't we destroy their cultural sites? Because you're not just destroying Iranian cultural sites, you fucking barbarian. It's about humanity. He puts us on the same level as ISIS because that's what they do. They blow up cultural sites. That's what this fucking imbecile, this monstrous waste of human DNA does. He, why? Why? Why can't we use nuclear weapons? Why can't we blow up cultural sites? How is this mother effing waste of human DNA our so-called president despite receiving fewer votes? This piece of this 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 wasted air is he didn't even receive the most votes he squeaked by a victory in because 100,000 11 I think it's 11,000 people in these these shithole counties did wanted to stick it to Hillary Clinton for fucking Christ's sakes, and what's wrong with us? And I'm sorry I'm cursing a lot. I don't know. Am I sorry? It's it's actually a stress reliever. Just, to, I'm, I'm pissed off. All right, let's just listen to him. I, I'm sorry. I knew that I couldn't get through the first five minutes of what this asshole Mike Lee. Um, keep in mind, he's still an asshole. He's still a Republican. He still supports Twitter. That he has to give this qualifier. Oh, Make no mistake, I'm still a sycophant. Don't worry, guys. I love Twitter. I want. I hate democracy. Don't worry about it. I'm all on board with destroying everyone's health care. Don't worry about. It. You know, I'm. I'm just as racist. I don't give a shit. You know, Mexicans, babies in cages. That's fine. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I'm a little concerned. Well, let's continue. Let's see how far I can get. Powers. I believe that more than any other president in my lifetime, okay. President <laughs> Trump is... Can you believe that? More than... Ever, he has to say this. He has to kiss Twitler's ass because ultimately he's so afraid. He knows that it's going to get back to Twitler. What, Mike Lee criticized me? Mike Lee had an opinion about my being a, f- a terrorist. Now, they did do a poll uh, uh, around the earth. I, I don't know. I think it was uh, European countries. And Twitter won by far. He, uh, all the other, all our, our allies. Who is the biggest threat to world peace? Is it Soleimani? Is it Kim Jong-un? Is it... Twitler and Twitler wins by a landslide. Finally, a poll he uh, he wins. But of course, he is the greatest threat to peace on earth. And the Trump and the Trump are fine with that. So Mike Lee, I can't it's it's so hard to stomach that in order to get to the point where he's criticizing and and, and rightfully so, saying what the fuck did I just see? It's a disgrace what I just saw. This a sham, an insult to democracy, to anyone who ever got out of bed in the morning and went to vote. An insult to all the 
Americans all around the globe who are lying in their cold early graves, who gave up their lives for this thing. And but he has to go through he has to go through the preamble first, where he sucks Twitler's ass. Don't worry, Twitler, I'm still your boy. I'm still a sycophant. Don't please don't hurt me, Daddy. Please don't beat me, spank me. Please don't tweet about me, Daddy. Because I, I'm just a little concerned about the briefing. I'm still your boy. A lot of restraint. He's, He's saying that he thinks that Twitler has shown a lot of restraint. I believe that more than any other president in my lifetime, President Trump has shown a lot of restraint. Well, He's been reluctant to get us involved in wars all over the globe. Really? He's, He's the one, been... my button's bigger than yours. He's the one that wants to know why can't we use nuclear weapons? This fucking freak has been threatening war since before. He took the goddamn oath despite receiving fewer votes. Be mindful and respectful of the fact that oath. When the American people oath smooth. What the fuck is an oath? He takes an oath to himself. Like just like he told those those dumbasses who signed up for Trump University that there were going to be great businessmen and women. If only they, they follow his directions. What directions? Being born to a rich daddy who leaves you a trust fund and bails you out of your businesses six times over? And you come up with, a, oh, how to make a corporation, an LLC, with your siblings so you can siphon money out of daddy's trust fund tax-free and inflate those invoices. This is, uh, that's the 201 class. Trump 101 is create the fake LLC. Trump 201 is create fake invoices to siphon money out of daddy's accounts tax-free and then use those fake invoices to justify raising rents on low-income tenants. That's your fucking hero, asshole Republicans. That's your, that's your standard bearer. He's not mine. Oh, they say, still your president. Really? Why are you so proud of that? He's not my president. Not only did I not vote for him, he received fewer votes. And if that's what you're proud of, you're proud of him? The Adderall-riddled moron with a family of morons fanning around the globe coming up with scams, patents, uh, Fucking uh, what is it? Uh, sweatshops. This is what they. This is the best they got. Hunting, big, big game, game. My ass, murdering beautiful animals for no good reason. But oh, I I get hard when I take life. That's your hobby. This is your. That's who you're. You. That's your leader. Your great wonder. Stuffing the courts with sycophants, who, who never tried a case. As long as they're loyal, deemed unfit by the American Bar Association, that doesn't matter. That's not a bar to entry. That's a that's a that's a feature, not a bug. Stuffing the courts. This is what you do when you destroy a democratic republic. That's part of it. Stuffing the courts. That's why Republicans are like, oh, we stuffed the courts because the evangelicals and all of the sycophants they love that. They want to. They want some liberal tears. You know, because when you go to the court as your last stopgap, 
to uh, to to maintaining a democratic system that treats people equally under the law and things like that. Oh, so passe. But you know what I mean? Then you'll get in front of a Trump and Z and that'll be null and void, which is just what the Nazis did. You don't have to really, they don't have to reinvent the wheel here. There's many models in how you destroy a democratic republic. Trump and his Republicans, his sycophants, they have, they have never been uh, patriots. They hate this country. How do, you, how do I know? Know them by their fruits. Look at what they're doing. Nobody hates America more than people who work day and night to undermine the very the essence of America. Rip open public lands, drill, drill, destroy, pollute America the beautiful. Fuck the fruited plains. Fuck the Purple Mountains majesty. We got to get at the coal. Who cares? You know, each having the American people, the food supply disgustingly tainted with feces, toenails. This is what they do. They hate this country. They hate America. And it, this is the proof every day. That's why I'm so sick of them. I go on Twitter. I, I see these, these Trump fancies. Oh, liberals, you don't like it? Leave the country. You leave. You're the ones who hate it. You're the ones talking about liberal, uh, Massachusetts liberals and Hollywood liberals and New York values and, you know, every fucking part of the country they hate. It's always about this part of the country. Oh, them. The, I hate them. And, the, and uh, this uh, a nation of immigrants can't, can't have that. Got to re- erase that from the, uh, from the mission statement of the uh, Naturalization and Immigration Service. Can't have, a, oh, we are a nation of immigrants. That's a, that is a, something, a point of pride. But these fuckers hate it because they hate America. You see? So I really, I'm really at the point, I'm beyond the point. I feel sometimes, I, I feel ahead of my time in a lot of ways. And one of the things I believe we need to separate this country finally please enough is enough how much longer do we have to be with this unworkable relationship they hate us we hate them but i mean honestly we don't really hate them i'm just sick of them dragging us down destroying everything decent destroying america destroying democracy polluting the purple mountains majesty Des- destroying the the air we breathe f- to everything, to uh, uh, anything that's decent, anything that you could be proud about, uh, of what it means to be an American. What does it mean to them? They get to go, pow, 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 pow. they get to fucking like go pow pow and put a uh, put a uh, emoji, a red, white, and blue emoji. On their Twitter handle? I don't understand. What is what what do they think America is? <sighs> All right, let's get back to it. I can't even get through. It's 31 seconds and it's like <laughs> I can't handle it. That's why. I cannot handle it. You guys understand this? I'm like I watched Twitter's speech today. I was like 
I couldn't handle it. I was like, this is insane. He's lying. Why do they put a camera in front of him and just let him fucking lie? That's another thing that destroys this country. Never before have we had a president just lie and lie and lie. Every time he gets in front of a camera, lies. And they just put a, ca- they put a camera there and they just they catapult the propaganda, as Bush said. And, and of course, the Trumpanzies eat it up. Oh, Obama, Obama, Obama. That's how you destroy a country. So I'm just about, look, hey, fuck it. I don't give a shit. You want to you wanna have a, an intergenerational aristocracy, the likes of which the founders fought a revolution to escape? Have at it, bubbies. You can have a nice, whites-only little... Oh shit. What the fuck just happened? You see that? Am I back on the air? Leave us alone. Okay, are we back? I saw what happened. The the thing just went boom. It it went. Uh, there was a some Republican, some some Republican uh, gremlin pulled the plug. It went black for a second. Okay, we're back. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Motherfucking Republicans. All right, let's just continue this. People were asked to give up blood and treasure. They're sending off their sons and their daughters. They're moms and their dads not uh, not any of them happen to have the last name Trump though in the battlefield and he's therefore very careful about it I respect that he's he's careful are you serious oh my god <laughs> I'm gonna cry are you fucking kidding me that's what I'm saying they're, they're giving Mike Lee accolades for speaking out but are you serious? Give me a... Br- Listen to him. Listen to what he's saying. He takes it seriously? He's the one that, after all the rockets fired into American bases, he's, he's all is well. Of course all is well. Everybody's like, oh, all is well. What the fuck is this shit? All is well? Of course, to a Republican, that's, that is all is well. They don't think all is well unless Americans are in danger of losing their lives somehow. Be it by a rocket, be it by some terrorist, or, or, or if they're being stripped of health care. Anyway, they can put Americans in danger. They're, they're, hey, all is well. Americans are fleeing for their lives. All is well. My comments at the moment are not directed toward the attack that occurred on Friday. We'll leave that to another day. I will say that we were brought into this briefing today to talk to us about that attack on Friday. I had hoped and expected to receive more information outlining the legal, factual, and moral justification for the attack. Wait a minute. I'm looking at the chat. I appreciate the whole context here, Tara. I didn't hear the preamble to his... You didn't hear? Probably because I was screaming over it. Let's start again. Mark C. on the chat. Listen, he goes on for about a minute before he goes into his disagreement. We just left the briefing, uh, and we were, t- we were talking about Iran. I, I want to state at the outset, I support President Trump. I support and respect the... This is it. 
manner in which he has approached his commander-in-chief power. Uh, 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 I believe that more before. than any other president in my lifetime, President Trump has shown See, a lot. Before, be, uh, more than any other president in my lifetime. How does he speak with Trump's balls in his mouth like that? Restraint. He's been reluctant to He's get us restraint. involved in wars all over the globe. He's been very mindful and respectful of the fact that when the American people are mindful and respectful, that's uh, really not what you think of when you think of Twitter, huh? Mindful and respectful. Asked to give up blood and treasure. They're sending off their sons and their daughters, their moms and their dads into battlefield. And this is so pathetic. Really, just say what you have to say, you stupid lickspittle. You disgraceful sycophant. You voter of a of a con man. You 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 disgust me. Ugh. Therefore, very careful about it. I respect that enormously. You, okay, okay. How you can you come up for air now? Okay, take a deep breath. It's so that went on for forty four seconds. Twitler is my, is the wind beneath my wings. He is what? He's the blood in my veins. He's the spring in my step. He's the tune I whistle. He's the air I breathe, the, the water I drink. He is the life itself. It sustains me, my, my cells, my automatic nervous system. It, nothing can make me feel more alive than a than than gazing into the giant orange white circles around his eyes and wondering wh how how such a beautiful masculine powerful man walks among us how how did we become so lucky how did i get so lucky to share the same moment in time with such a giant man, a, a, he's bigger than Caesar, than Jesus, than the Beatles. There's no one who can ever compare. Not my wife, my mother, my 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 grandmommy, my the any the man in the moon. No one, no one can ever say anything that I. There are no more words for Twitler. How many? words for beauty can you can you really come up with when you're looking at twitler it's like you're stunned into a a republican stupor of of glory and orgasmic lucy in the sky with diamonds my god i love this man it's it's are you fucking kidding me i could have gone on like that for an hour it's maybe they should just I don't know bottle this bottle this shit, the endorphins that I feel when Twitler, when his dilated pupils turn their gaze onto me with with approval for me covering the his ass somehow, his latest stupidity. I, I mean I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I he's amazing. It's he is playing Chinese checkers while we're all playing uh, hopscotch. 
I can't imagine a world without him. How could I be so lucky to share the same moments, this small, brief moment in time with the most important man, child, who has ever lived? My comments at the moment are not directed toward the attack that occurred on Friday. We'll leave that to another day. I will say that we were brought into this briefing today to talk to us about that attack on Friday. I ha had hoped and expected to receive more information outlining the legal, factual, and moral justification for the attack. I was left somewhat uh, unsatisfied on uh. that front. The briefing lasted only Somewhat. 75 minutes, whereupon our briefers left. This, however, is not the biggest problem I have with the briefing, which I would add was probably the worst briefing I've seen, at least on a military issue, in the nine years I've served in the United States Senate. What I found so distressing about that briefing was that one of the messages we received from the briefers was, do not debate, do not discuss the issue of the appropriateness of further military intervention against Iran. And that if you do, you'll be emboldening Iran. <laughs> the implication being that we That's would somehow the be making America say, less safe. Don't talk about it. Like any dysfunctional family, don't talk about the downfall of our dysfunctional family. Just go about your business, get out there, and toe the party line. And in the briefing, when they asked, what, what is this intelligence, this uh, dire need to assassinate this foreign leader stirring up the hornet's nest uh, of hatred against the United States for generations to come? Um, what's the reason? What's this imminent attack we were supposedly preventing with this, 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 Im this imbecilic move. And um, they were told, oh, we can't tell you. It's classified. They're in a fucking skiff with people who have the security clearance to be there. You see what I'm saying? Because they're liars. They're lying to a co-equal branch of government. By having a debate or a discussion about the appropriateness of further military involvement against the government of Iran. Now, I find this insulting and demeaning. Insulting? Not, not personally, but to the office that each of the 100 senators in this building happens to hold. I find it insulting and I find it demeaning to the Constitution of the United States to which we've all sworn an oath. Demeaning? It is, after all, the prerogative of the legislative branch to declare war. Article 1, Section 8 makes that very clear. Alexander Hamilton in Federalist Number 69 made clear that this was a sharp contrast from the form of government uh. that we had prior to the revolution, a form of government in which the executive, the king, had the power to take us to war. Yeah. He did not need the, the well, parliament welcome. to wait What's old is new again. on it, to support it. That was the parliament's job after the fact, after we had gone into war. This, Hamilton explained in Federalist 69, it's exactly the reason why this power was put in Article 1, Section 8, in the branch of government most accountable to the people at the most regular intervals. When we send our well, brave... Someone who seems to know something about the, the, the system that the founders fought a revolution to entrust to us, why the fuck are you supporting a dictator-envying con man? Why?
How? It's unreal. Soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines into harm's way. We owe the American people the decent courtesy to follow the Constitution, to debate and discuss these actions. For them to tell us that either through a War Powers Act resolution or otherwise, for us to debate and discuss these things on the Senate floor would somehow weaken the American cause and embolden yeah. Iran. Because you can't and question the king. What are you doing? You can't question the con man. It's his turn, you see. And next it'll be Ivanka's turn and Don Jr. and Eric Jr. and uh, Barron and all and on and on into the future. That's the intergenerational aristocracy. This is why they undid the estate tax and concentrated more wealth into the hands of the American oligarchy. So we can finally get rid of this pesky democracy once and for all. The pe Who fucking needs, oh, Federalist Papers and the uh, co-equal branch of government. Oh, please. Uh, it's, you, I'm talking about strength. You got to be strong, like Putin. Strong. You got to be a tough cookie, like Kim Jong Un. Democracy is so 20th century. The other actions I, I find very insulting. Now look, insulting. Um, I hope that they'll come back and they'll say, "No, you misunderstood us. We didn't say that at all." I wish I could believe that. <laughs> I will note that when those... It's sort of like in order the people who got their Trump University degrees. I wish, I hope that eventually my investment in this upstanding university f pays off. But I'm, I'm, getting, I'm kind of getting suspicious here that it might be a scam. I don't know. thing is what changed my mind. That briefing is what brought me on board together with the amendments that Senator Kane has agreed to make. <sighs> I'm now going to support it. I walked into the briefing undecided. I walked out decided, specifically because of what happened in that briefing. It is not acceptable for officials within the executive branch of government, I don't care whether they're with the CIA, with the Department of Defense, or, or otherwise, to come in and tell us that we can't debate and discuss the appropriateness of military <laughs> intervention you against... That's your That's your master. It's not appropriate. What, when has Trump ever cared about what's appropriate? Democracy is getting in the way, you see. It, it, is, it slows him down. It slows down the greatness. You've got to get rid of it. That's why you've got to get the sycophants in there. You've got to get the, the, those, the loyalists, the yes-men, and they are men. The, the few women in there, they've they got to be a certain type. Wrong. It's un-American. It's <laughs> unconstitutional. You f oh, it's wow. Huh. You're finally catching on. You, it's un-American. Yeah, goddamn right. It's anti-American. It's not just un-American, it's anti-American. But I've been trying to tell you that. And I, I, I hope and expect that they will show greater deference. <laughs> you gotta be kidding. It's like Lucy in the football. Are you serious, honey? Really? Yeah, nah. It's wrong. And I, I, I hope and expect that they will show greater deference to their own what? limited power in the future. What, what, how, who wants to hold their breath first? What do you think?
We want to take bets on this? Uh, they think we're a bunch of suckers. I, obviously, Mike Lee is a big fucking sucker. He, he's got to be a sucker. If he's really so flabbergasted at what's going on, when, when has he uh, has he been paying attention the past how many how, three and a half years or whatever? I guess not. He's he's had his head in Twitler's lap probably. It's the first time he's finally looked up and been like, "What? What am I doing?" Into the power that belongs to Congress. This is not about us. It's not about any one of us. This is about our fidelity to those we represent. <laughs> These powers are not ours. The ones ours. that we they cheer, when we cheer our tall boy buds in the air after we strip them of health care. It's about that. It's about the ability to kick down on the vulnerable and impress the, those uh, benefactors in the wine caves all over the country. I'm all for wine caves from sea to shining sea. Belong to any of us. But when we allow them to be exercised through the wrong branches of government, with the wrong process, when you don't have debate and discussion, Are you, serious? you don't allow the process itself to correct itself for the American people who will be most affected by these decisions to weigh in. That was insulting. That was demeaning to the process ordained by the Constitution. And I find it completely unacceptable. On that basis, I've decided to support Senator Kane's resolution subject to the minor amendments that he and I discussed earlier today. We just left the briefing so I we, we were talking about Iran. I, I want to state at the outset, after I support President Trump. I with support and respect the yesterday. manner in which he has approached his commander-in-chief power. I believe that more than any other president in my lifetime, President Trump has shown a lot of restraint. He's been reluctant to get us involved in it's wars so all over the globe. It's been very mindful of the fact that, that when the American people are asked to give up blood and treasure, sending off their sons and their daughters, their moms and their dads, but the battle so and he's therefore very careful that about it. I respect that enormously. Support and respect the Thanks for manner in which he is approaching commander-in-chief power. I believe that more than any other president in my lifetime, President Trump has shown a lot of thanks for turning me. Wouldn't that be nice to just be able to So what else? Um, what else? <laughs> All I wish I could just be like, just have a show about kittens. I was watching a show uh, today about kittens because I needed to. After I watched Twitler, I I was so agitated. I was like, I need I need to look at some kittens. So I watched a show about that this woman called the Kitten Lady on YouTube, and I was like, that's what I need to do. Just Rescue kittens and disconnect, but whatever. I can't do that. 
I love, it was just nice to see little kittens and people out there caring about other creatures that can't do anything for them. They're just alive. You know what I mean? It's just a kitten. A li- it's a life, though. It's a little, little being. It doesn't write poetry. It can't write a letter to the editor. But it says, about, it says everything about us, how we treat other creatures that we share this planet with. That's the ultimate thing. That, that's the ultimate lesson in life. Why are we here? Sharing the same air. Anyway, here's another... Okay, to get back on to what we were talking about, here's one couple of things. So Twitler lied during his his speech. This is what I cannot stand. So they they put a camera in front of... He's the fucking... I get it, all right? Who... But why? Why? Why do they have to play it live? Knowing he's a filthy liar. Twitler's going to come out and speak to the nation about this thing that he did to make uh, us less safe, to inflame the hornet's nest in the Middle East against us. How, what do you think is going to happen? You don't win friends and influence people by doing things like that, by assassinating their leaders. It's not like Osama bin Laden. That's the other thing that I see Republicans all over fanning out, all over media, on their, on their propaganda channels, on Twitter, because they have to, this is what they do. It's like any Nazi regime. They have their mouthpieces. They're out there saying, oh, it's just like when Obama assassinated Osama bin Laden. No, it's not. Osama bin Laden was a, an outside, outside government. He wasn't in the government. So it's not the same. We don't, so now we're assassinating, we're just assassinating other leaders. We're not... It's, we're not doing diplomacy. We just assassinate. That, so why don't we assassinate Kim Jong-un? Why? Why don't we assassinate Putin? There's a lot of people that we can assassinate. Why aren't we doing that? Why wouldn't we just do that? Oh, because they're friends with Twitler? There are, I, I'm so sick of these filthy Republicans talking about how they're tr- trying to inflame us Saying how oh this he this is a bad guy. What about th- there's there's many bad guys. What about Kim Jong Un? Oh he's killed uh, that th- um this the Iranian guy killed American. So does fucking Kim Jong Un. What about Twitler? I mean uh, Putin. Same thing. He attacked our. Country, he's attacking our country, uh, and uh, an ongoing cyber ops, psyops operation against the United States. No, but that's fine because it works in Twitler's favor. You see, he wants that. He wants the the help of the of the dictator who who backstopped his so-called comeback because he couldn't get a legitimate bank loan because he sucks at business. Oh my God! So they're supposed to. We've got to be afraid, though. You see. Oh, if we don't go, USA, USA. Oh, uh, we hate America. We no, we don't hate America, because we're trying to 
elevate America. We're trying to end these wars of corporate aggression. These wars that they were that they lied us into in the first place. For Christ's sakes, why are we even there? How many more generations? People, kids are now in basic training who weren't even alive on 9-11. How many more? How many more? What is this, another 100-year war? That never ends? A war against terror? Who is the terrorist? Someone who threatens to blow up cultural sites? Or someone who uh, is willing to abide by diplomatic negotiations. Now, when Twitler says that Obama funded the Iranian terrorism, he's full of effing shit. He's a liar. That whole... This is what Republicans do, though. They are propagandists. They need Americans to be inflamed and and misguided. And, and why to? We didn't give the Iranian regime money. They released money. It was their money that we had that we had tied up because of sanctions. It's their money. It was part of the negotiation. We used it as leverage. I'm sure Trump has never heard that word because he sucks at making deals. Why would you use leverage? So on all over the all the countries on earth that wanted to get Iran to the table and bring them into the community of modern nations instead of have them as a rogue actor and they all agreed that the Iranians were abiding by the the rule that all of them, all of the Japanese, the Germans, the French, the Russians, the United States, all of us, uh, these, all of these elected leaders and not so elected, like Putin, uh, they all, they were all made this horrible deal over 10 years. It was such a bad deal, almost as bad as Trump University, I suppose. Almost as bad as the Trump Network vitamin scam or the Trump charity. So, and this, this, this dictator envying con man waltzes in, oh, it's the worst, the most, the horrible, one-sided, f- horrible deal, disgrace. Every time he, he talks about anything having to do with Obama, the stupid, the horrible one side. Like, because that's all you have. It's like saying, Trump steaks are juicy. They're delicious. You say it enough, then it doesn't matter what that, that it tastes like shit in your mouth, that it had horrible reviews and people were disgusted by it. Then you overwhelm. With propaganda, catapult the propaganda. So why are they sticking a camera in front of the con man and letting just letting him rip, letting it rip? Do they think they're doing us any favors? That's not the media. That's not the job. I guess it is. Though. What am I talking about? The, jo- the corporate media. That's what they do. It's, they might as well. Why don't they just call themselves the, uh, the polls? Today's polls. Everything is a poll. That's the other thing. 
He's up in the polls. He's down in the polls. What about the polls? What do people think? Poll, poll. You know, it's like poll. Jerking off the American poll. But so, yeah, it doesn't take much budget journalism or work, really, to stick a camera in front of a con man and let him rip and then have a bunch of pundits talking about it. But anyway, Susan Rice was on MSNBC. And I just want to play her response. Fact check the $150 billion that went to Iran after the nuclear deal was signed. Well, first of all, Andrea, as you know, and as you were just discussing with your colleagues, this is another series of despicable lies by President Trump. Uh, The fact that three and a half years after taking office, uh, he remains, or three years after taking office, he remains obsessed with President Obama just shows President Trump's extreme weakness and insecurity. The facts about the Iran nuclear deal are that it effectively halted and rolled back Iran's nuclear program. In the years since the signing of the deal in 2015, up until President Trump's unilateral withdrawal, abandoning our allies against the advice of his advisors, there were no proxy attacks by Iranian proxies on U.S. personnel in Iraq. There were no efforts by Iran to attack our drones in the Persian Gulf or attack shipping. The nuclear program was under control. There were strict uh, verification and inspections. Everybody, including the American intelligence community, validated that it was being upheld, and our forces and our presence in the region was secure. The horrible, badly negotiated, one-sided Iran deal. Now we'll have peace. Peace through strength. Peace through assassination. And don't pay, pay no attention to those missiles flying at you. We finally have peace. War is peace. Ignorance is strength. Where did I hear that before? It's regardless. Oh, what are you going to do, right? It's unbelievable. Unfucking believable. I just wanted a couple of other things. More. We got so many more things, but I'm looking at the time. I will have to get unconscious soon. I like being unconscious. We know that. So. And I, when I'm unconscious, I don't see Twitter. I haven't seen him in my unconsciousness yet. Although I did have a dream that my bathroom was overflowing. My sink in my bathroom was overflowing and flooding my apartment. I'm sure there's something, some anxiety. You know what I'm saying? So, um, anyway, I wanted to play this one thing. The other day... Elizabeth Warren was on The View, which drives me insane because fucking Meghan McCain. He's, there you go. That's your uh, that's your future of America. She's such a she's so the poster child for the estate tax and uh, and against nepotism. Who gives a shit about Meghan McCain? She is an ignoramus. She's has nothing interesting to say. She knows nothing. She's another one born on third base, thinking she hit a triple. Nobody cares. Unless she was the daughter of John McCain. She's vile and, and a moron. Oh, she loves the troops. Somebody was saying, uh, it was some other clip. This is not the clip I'm going to play, but 
the I saw her on the View saying, "Does I I appreciate you, you because you support the troops, you support what is supporting the troops? This is what I don't understand with, with these filthy Republicans supporting the troops. They that's as far as they are concerned, supporting the troops is saying supporting the troops." I support the troops and putting a flag emoji on their Twitter handle. That's as far as it gets. They would never personally sacrifice. You support the troops by not sending them to die for a lie. And you support the troops. It's not just about funding the military industrial complex. You support the troops by keeping them out of harm's way, only using them when needed. Not because you need a distraction from your impeachment and the stories about your con that you were that your your entire uh, comeback career was funded by Russia, the Russian government, meaning the Russian oligarchy, and also that you are manipulating stocks. That's another one. That your tweets that you're in cahoots with the titans of Wall Street fucking with the stocks because that's all it's about making money tweeting things tweeting warnings tweeting all kinds of shit because you know it affects the stock prices that's tr- that's trump he that's why he's in it that is why any republican is in elected office they're not in it to help the american people they're certainly not in it to 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 support democracy and to help the American people, they don't care. If if somebody dies in a war that they lied us into, all the better. Then they get to go to their funeral and have a photo op, being looking all tearful. Or if they don't die, I, then fuck it. You know, they hate. I mean, they hate the troops. These are the ones Republicans voting against benefits for for veterans. Why do veterans have to have I just saw on the on the feed. That's another thing. Wounded warriors. Th- there's nothing more disgraceful than watching, sitting and uh, and watching a commercial for support the wounded warriors. Why? Why do they have to have a a fun drive for wounded warriors? They're not getting the support they need. There's not enough money disappearing into the Pentagon. Never questioning the Pentagon money that they lose trillions of dollars they can't account for. But, oh, you got to make sure those Medicare and Social Security disability recipients reapply every six months. So some of them will be so depressed that they fucking kill themselves. So that will lower the need to pay them out until we can get rid of social security and, and any kind of social safety net altogether, because you should really be going to the church for your charity. That's not what government's for. Government's for, not for helping. Government is for enriching the rich. That's it. And, and military, just like the kind of system the founders fought a revolution to escape. Don't, don't worry about it. You don't have to look to the future. Just look to the past. They're not, it's not about uh, un- just undermining democracy or rolling back democracy. They want to roll us right back past the progressive era 
past the Gilded Age, this, well, this first, second Gilded Age, past the first Gilded Age, right to the Dark Ages. That is where we're going. It's, I, I'm not being hyperbolic. It's the truth. Look at the end. You want to you wanna know the end? Look at the, look at the steps that they're taking. M- m- concentrated wealth. How much more? They understand. Republicans aren't stupid. Listen to Mike Lee talking about the Federalist pay. He obviously knows something about the, the government, how we founded this government. But why would he be a Republican then? This is, that's the baffling part. When they're undermining re- the Republican values. Well, Republican in the small r sense of the word. Kicking people off of voting rolls, ensure gerrymandering districts beyond uh, anybody's ability to do anything about it, undermining any any relationship that the American people have with the government. Why you don't want them liking government or turning to government or thinking that we're in this together? E pluribus unum. Fuck it. Fuck that shit. I got mine, Jack. That's the American way. But anyway, Elizabeth Warren was on The View, and this is, I just want to play this clip. Click. So she was talking about Medicare for All, and the, and the audience started just applauding, getting more um, excited the more that she talked, and Meghan McCain kept trying to interject, interrupt her, and... And Elizabeth Warren shows us how you deal with a Republican. Well, let's talk a little bit about the tax plan. I think it's time for a wealth tax in America. This is a tax on the top one-tenth of one percent. $50 $50 million and above your fortune. In other words, your first $50 million is free and clear. But on your 50 millionth and first dollar, you've got to pitch in two cents and two cents on every dollar after. But what about the middle class? What, no, that's about, not the middle class. That's no, I the know, top one-tenth of one percent. Okay. I don't have plans to increase taxes on the middle class. Okay. I figured out how to do every plan I've done out there without increasing taxes on the middle class. But look at what a two-cent wealth tax would do for us. Universal child care for every baby in this country, age zero to five. Universal pre-K, $800 billion into our public schools. Make it a real commitment. Universal college, $50 million for historically black colleges and universities. Can I, can I, can I just interrupt? Can, can, wait, 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 and she keeps going. Student loan debt for 43 well, When Trump just said that we spent $2 trillion on the military, I said, I don't want anyone ever to ask Elizabeth Warren how she's going to pay for medical care. There you go. So let me just play that again. Every baby in this country, age zero to five. Billion dollars into our public schools. Make it a real commitment. 
$50 billion for historically black colleges and universities. When Trump just said that we spent $2 trillion on the military, I said, I don't want anyone ever to ask Elizabeth Warren how she's going to pay for medical care. There you Anyway, the the reason I play that was when I saw that, I saw that it was trending on Twitter, but I appreciated that because that's exactly the most apt metaphor for how we have always achieved great things in this country, how we have, how, how we have progressed. We ignore the filthy, disgusting Republicans and keep moving forward anyway. Well, they're like, wait, 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 universal, social security, hey, 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 GI Bill, you just keep going. Don't give them the time of day. That is so exactly how this country was founded. While the conservative ancestors were pining to be trickled upon by the king. Wait, 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 but the king is our natural law. Wait, wait, wait. You mean the republic? Yeah, but what about intergenerational aristocracy? No. You move forward anyway. You keep moving forward. You just tune them out. And trust me, they'll all, by the end, when they, when we achieve progress, when we have social security, when we have universal health care, universal higher education, they'll be the first ones lining up. And then the Republicans will scramble to claim victory for themselves. Oh, we are the protectors of social security. This is what they, this is how, this is their M.O. We are the protectors, just like they pretend to be the patriots. They're not patriots. They are anti-American. It's like their uh, patriots like uh, closet cases are family values. You know what I mean? They're trying to put you off the scent of just how anti-American they actually are. Because if they are so pro-American, then why are they attacking the press? Why are they attacking democracy itself, kicking people off the voting rolls? Why are they making it harder for people to vote? Why, what do they have against voting? They're not protecting people voting. They want to ensure that, they don't, that people don't vote. And they, and they say it out loud anyway. They, it's not just us talking and me saying it. They, they openly admit this. How many times is a Republican caught on mic or hot mic or otherwise speaking to themselves, each other, saying things like, oh, now that we have voter ID, we can we'll get more. uh, We can ensure that uh, we have an edge or our Paul Weichoff. What's his name? Weichoff? Weichoff? Hmm. Voting. We don't want people to vote. That's the one that Tom Hartman always plays. We don't want people to vote. I'm just looking it up. Now, many of our Christians have what I call the goo-goo syndrome. Good government. They want everybody to vote. I don't want everybody to vote. 
Elections are not won by a majority of people. They never have been from the beginning of our country, and they are not now. As a matter of fact, our leverage in the elections quite candidly goes up as the voting populace goes down. I don't want everybody to vote. Our leverage in the elections quite candidly goes up as the voting populace goes down. That's, that's them. They understand. They are not the majority. They never have been. They never will be. This is why they, instead of um, getting with the program, getting with the democracy, getting on the democracy tra- chain and being um, really pro-American, they are, they pretend to be American. They, like a closet case, pretends he's a family values heterosexual Republican. And th- this is what they do. They wear their American flag, made in China, American flag lapel pins. They hug the flag, literally. They masturbate into the flag in front of their adoring crowds. And they turn around and ensure that people can't vote. How do you um, say you love America while you're undermining the essence of who we are, elections? People fought, bled, and died for this republic, if we can keep it. They're in their cold, early graves, and these Republicans are spitting on them metaphorically and maybe literally who knows i haven't seen them at the cemetery recently now many of our christians have what i call the goo goo syndrome good government they want everyone to vote i don't want everybody to vote elections are not won by a majority of people they never have been from the beginning of our country and they are not now as a matter of fact our leverage in the elections quite candidly goes up as the voting populace goes down. He says, elections are not won by the majority of people. Well, not for Republicans, obviously. It's not about democracy or the majority or convincing the majority of people that your shitty kiss-up, kick-down idea is the best solution to have uh, great prosperity for all, to promote the general welfare. Above the welfare of the corporate intergenerational aristocracy? Please. Don't buy it. They don't love this country. You think Eric Trump loves this country just because he says, don't mess with America. He puts an American flag emoji on his Twitter feed and says, we're going to open up a can of whoop-ass. These people are enemies of this country. These are the domestic enemies the founders warned us about. They use America as a means to an end. And that means to an end is the concentrated wealth, the entrenched power of people who don't deserve it, who haven't earned it, who haven't won it. They haven't knocked on doors and got, and, and, and got the consensus of the American people. They're not out for the betterment of us. Not at all. They're out to divide, divide and conquer. That's why he came down that escalator talking about Mexicans being rapists. You don't do that. If this is a nation of immigrants and in a few short years will be a majority-minority, quote-unquote, nation, 
You don't do that. You don't come down an escalator talking about the other. When he knows he's full of shit, he's just tickling racist funny bones to divide and conquer, using the oldest tricks in the book. And that's why I can't stand these filthy Republicans. They fall for it all the time. Are you that stupid? <laughs> I'm sure you are. Somebody on the chat. Vloda Kanush. I, I am very, very, very stupid. Okay. Well, you admit it. That's the first step to getting help, is admitting you have a problem. So that's good. That's a pro- that is a sign of progress. Anyway, what time is it? It's almost unconsciousness time. That's good. I like being unconscious. I can fly. I can sing. I can, um, I don't know. What can I do? I can travel in my dreams. The, uh, there's another funny thing I wanted to talk about. I'm just trying to find it. Speaking of Republicans, family values and all that. I saw this article. This is not not a headline you see every day. Where the heck is it? Of course I had it, but and I lost it. Let me see. Give me two minutes here. Not even. I mean two seconds. Let's see if I can find it quickly. Here we go. It's pretty funny, actually. I mean, obviously, we don't know the end of the story yet, but I I saw this headline, and I thought, this is something you don't see every day. Kentucky judge accused of courthouse threesome (laughs) is suspended. (laughs) Judge Dawn Gentry, who is facing nine counts of misconduct, denies engaging in sexual activity at the courthouse with two employees. Of course, a Republican, okay? And in Kentucky, no less. Of course. Another Republican, family values Republican. She's a, she's a family court judge. So a Kentucky family court judge was suspended temporarily without pay after she was accused of misconduct, including having a threesome in the courthouse. This is from NBC News by Ben Kesslin. Judge Dawn Gentry, a family court judge in Kentucky's northern 16th Judicial District, was charged with multiple counts of misconduct by the State Judicial Conduct Committee. She was put on temporary paid suspension earlier last week, pending a final decision in the case. Gentry is accused of coercing court staff to work on her judicial... uh, I I know, I can't speak sometimes judicial election campaign retaliating against employees who failed to support her campaign well ain't that a republican for you you gotta read you gotta support the boss you you gotta have loyalty above all not what's right or what the law or just whatever you want to fucking do right you're not a are you a democrat or republican are you on the team or not retaliating against employees who failed to support her campaign and hiring a man she had a sexual, rela- a sexual relationship with, according to a conduct committee document outlining the charges. She denies the accusations. The judge, who was elected in November 2018, allegedly hired her lover, a former pastor. This is Kentucky for you, right? They talk about New York values. 
But the, I'm only I'm bringing this up only I'm not that this shit doesn't happen and all over whatever. But it's just so typically Republican to be a family court judge and to use your position to advance your own career like her campaign, like it's saying, and retaliating against your fellows, for your fellow employees, the people who work for you, for not supporting your campaign. Do, just using your position like it's, it's yours. It's your world. We just live in it. Using the courthouse, hiring your pals, your lovers, walking around like you own the fucking place. The judge who was elected in 2018 allegedly hired her lover, a former pastor, and then allowed him to play guitar and sing in the office, disrupting other court employees during the workday. So, you know what I mean? He's not even there to help legitimately. He's walking around with a fucking guitar while people are trying actually to do their work, and she's having sex with him and he's strumming the guitar and uh, walking around distracting everybody because it's their world. We just live in it. A lawyer for Gentry said she didn't realize his behavior was a distraction. So she's not denying it. I guess she can't deny that he was walking around str- strumming his guitar like an asshole. Like that's what you need when you're trying to concentrate. This is legal work they're doing. This ain't the, it's not your local pub. He's walking around the courthouse like uh, he's the fucking traveling uh, minstrel show here. The, the traveling Wilburys. And who asked him? But he's, he's sleeping with the judge, so... It's, I mean, why wouldn't he strum a guitar and walk around? He's the cock of the walk. She didn't realize it was distracting. Well, there's not like there's any real work going on in a Kentucky courthouse, I guess, a family court. Who knows? It's only people's families and lives on the line. Who needs to concentrate? Gentry, her male lover, and a third court employee, a woman, also allegedly engaged in sexual activity in the courthouse. Of course they did. Gentry, or Gentry, I don't know how you pronounce it, denies this court document show. She also faces a slew of other allegations, including bringing her children to work and allowing them to witness confidential court proceedings. Well, because what's, it's their world, like I'm saying. Yeah, sit, just sit here, little Becky. Don't, don't mind the uh, privacy. Like, they're not, they're, they're not going to go to school and gossip with their friends because we know how high ethical standards that 12-year-olds have. Once her child recognized one of the children involved in a confidential case, the conduct committee alleges. Of course, this is what I was just saying. The committee also accused Gentry, or Gentry, whatever the fuck, of approving false or inaccurate timesheets and allowing staff to score, oh, to store, sorry, or score, I guess, and consume alcoholic beverages in court offices and consume alcohol in the courthouse. It's a party in Kentucky, haven't you heard? There's not much going on there except threesomes and uh, traveling guitar 
idiots. I mean, I guess he's just why why wouldn't he be playing the guitar? He's all he's like, I'm fucking this judge. I'm I'm now I'm fucking this other bitch over here. Um, hello. He's like Lucy in the sky with diamonds. I think it was the second time I said that today. I mean, he uh, he's probably walking around. I'm walking on sunshine. It's his world. He's on top of the world looking down on creation. This guy. Are you kidding me? He's like, and I'm in Kentucky? <laughs> what are the odds? Well, of course, they're probably higher because Kentucky, we know, is fucked up. They're, they're very repressed. And all these repressed states, they have a lot of shit going on because they're, they're all on the outside. It's all about... What do as I say, not as I do, and then and they're so repressed and they hate themselves, ultimately, that they completely act out on the on the world. They act out their manias on everybody. I mean, I don't know. I I assume. Of course, she is accused of approving false and inaccurate timesheets because it's like a piggy bank. That's the government for you. It's an endless well that they will attach themselves onto like lampreys, not for the betterment of the people whose lives are in their hands, not for the, the children and families that come before her. She's just cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. What can you take? That's only dumb taxpayer money. You know, we're broke. We got no money here. It's all for Republicans. It's all for the, they, there's never enough for them. I'm sure she's really, she's a, I don't, who knows, I don't know. She's, I was going to say, but well, she is a Republican. So I'm sure she's all about pulling yourselves up by your bootstraps. Not her, though. Once, she, once she, yeah, She's climbed high. She's a judge. She's... Hey, this is her world, man. We should feel honored that she's, a, that she's allowing us to continually fund her... Her, uh, her, her... I don't know. Her party house. Her rave. Her nonstop rave. Life is a rave. In the Kentucky courthouse. Let's see. Where is it? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Gentry denies falsifying timesheets. And she said through her lawyer that she had been unaware her staffers were drinking. Really? She's fucking two fuck people in the courthouse. It's probably very sexy. She's like, let's play, um, let's play a game here. Oh, judge, I'll do anything to... To get off of this charge. To get off, literally and figuratively. Stephen Ryan, Gentry's lawyer, told NBC News on Wednesday that witnesses during the court proceedings attested to Gentry's skills as a judge and arguing that she should remain on the bench. So, somebody came to her defense. Anyway, I thought that was funny because um, it never stops. It never stops with Republicans. I wish I knew more about the case, frankly, because I would like to know more about her. 
and if she's available. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she's a Republican. That's a that's kind of a deal breaker to me. I, it would never work. I can't handle it. I just I'm like no. I I feel it to be a and morally. It says a lot about people, and I I just scratch the surface on a Republican, and there's you you get to see there's something fucking not right, whether it be they're selfish, they're ignorant, they're fearful, they're racist. I'm not kidding, and I'm talking about everybody, including your granny, your neighbor, your the guy who sells you tea, whatever. Some idiot who wears a MAGA hat. That there, that's a pathological sickness. And I'm not kidding. Every Republican, give me 15 minutes, 10 minutes with them. I'll get to the bottom of what it is, if they're honest. Usually it's uh, racism. And I'm talking, even my father. I loved my father. But he was an idiot when it came to politics. He, because he, had, he was fucking racist. So, not that he would ever say that. He never thought he was racist. He didn't think so. But he was a victim of Rush Limbaugh. And I don't know. I mean, he had friends that weren't white. But th- when, they, when Republicans have friends of different backgrounds, they're like, oh, you're the exception. You know what I mean? But they listen to Rush Limbaugh telling them bullshit tales about welfare queens and people taking advantage and shit. Meanwhile, my father was, my father was a garbage man. He was a teamster. I grew up in the Reaganomics. He grew up in the Great Prosperity, thanks to the liberal policies that Democrats, liberals, normal people fought for. They fought for his decent union job and a living wage that he can buy a home and go on vacation, have a decent life, and retire in security. And that's what he did. But he, that whole thing of thinking that all you got to do is work hard and play by the rules and you too can have a decent middle-class life. And if you're not living it, it must be you somehow. That's not, that's not the case though, because the, it's the system was set up differently. Well, especially, well, uh, I mean, it's late, but you know, people who aren't, who weren't white, especially they didn't have access to the same opportunities as my father. As a, uh, for example, the GI Bill. Black pe- service people after World War II. My father got the GI Bill after the Korean War, but you know, they they didn't they weren't um, allowed. The GI Bill didn't extend to them. That was by design of these racist-ass policies. So, I mean, there's the system is fucked up. So, anyway. But my father, thankfully, was the aberration in my family. He comes from a... He had about... Well, I mean, he had about... Whatever. I have eight uncles and aunts on... He, he had... He was one of eight, my father. Irish Catholic. And of all of the family... They, he was the aberration. He was the only one who voted for Nixon, my aunt told me. So my, my uncle, Ed, who is 
85 years old. He's going to turn 85 in a couple of days, actually. He's a decent man, and also, he's not a racist. And I just saw him recently, and we were talking about... What were we talking about? Oh, yeah. I was telling him about the... um, Because I go to the graveyard. You guys know. I ride my bike. Not now, because it's too cold, but... There's a cemetery. I live by Calvary Cemetery in Queens, which is one of the oldest cemeteries in the United States. And it has a lot of graves. It goes back to the 1700s, and it goes... There's there's many Civil War graves in there. And one of the graves is of Peter Welsh, who is a... um, He was the standard bearer of one of the Irish brigades. Let me see. Civil. His wife, he died at Spotsylvania, and his wife compiled a book of his letters after he died. And it's a sad story because he got hit, he got shot in the arm at Spotsylvania. And it wasn't really, uh, it it was a superficial wound, but he ended up dying from sepsis, uh, which a lot of... um, a lot of, it took the lives of a lot of wounded soldiers and otherwise, really. But unfortunately, he, he wrote his wife, I'm fine, I was shot, but um, uh, this will keep me out of the war for, for a while. And she got on a train to go see him, and by the time she was there, he had died in, in a matter of days. But So she compiled his letters, and his letter, I bought the book, because it's there's some, for me, it's a stirring experience to stand in front of his monument and read about this man who lived and and sacrificed his life for this country. Like, I'm tearing up now. Jeez. And, um, be, and he wrote to his wife. He signed up because he believed in the Republic, the, in what we were doing here. That this, because it was an example to the world. And I was telling my, my uncle about him and he, my uncle was like, I, and I didn't know what he was going to say. He was like, Oh, that's, that's why we have to get rid of this, this, this Trump monster in the, I don't remember how exactly he put it in the white house. This an immigrant. Cause he was saying, Peter Welsh was not a native-born American. He was an immigrant who came here and signed up to fight in the war uh, to save the Republic. And my uncle, for tell, talking about Peter Welsh, and he, the, it was really touching. Whoops, sorry, I hit the mic. To me, that this 85-year-old man that his response to Peter Welsh's story was that what a disgrace it is for the someone who supposedly represents this country to be so abhorrent to immigrants when we are a nation of immigrants and immigrants built this country and they fought, bled, and died for this country. It's a disgrace to have someone vilify the very essence of what it is to be an American. And that's, that's our strength. So, anyway. Oh, boy. 
let me just read this. Well, Color Sergeant Peter Welsh of the 28th Massachusetts Regiment has become one of our best-known members of the Irish Brigade. The publication of his Civil War letters in 1986 under the title Irish Green and Union Blue revealed the picture of a man devoted to the cause of the Union. In the summer of 1862, he'd traveled from his home in New York to Boston to settle a family dispute, only for both sides of the argument to turn on him. Despondent, he embarked on a drinking spree, and spending all the money he'd traveled with, he was so ashamed of his actions that he enlisted in the company, in Company K of the 28th, rather than return home. Peter Welsh appears to have been born a soldier, and on St. Patrick's Day in 1863, he had his proudest moment when he was promoted to carry the regiment's flag. His letters are in the main written to his wife, Margaret, and many seek to ally her concerns for his safety and justify his service in the army. So, but I mean, I know it says here that he he enlisted after a drinking spree, but reading his letters, he writes to his wife just how much he he believes in the republic and so When she expressed fears that he would, maybe I should, you know what, that one might, might be interesting. Got some of his letters, because I have the book, and reads read some of the more touching parts that touched me, I should say, and share them with you. Maybe I'll do that. Welsh wrote a detailed explanation. Oh, so when, when she expressed her fears that he would be even more of a target t carrying the colors, Welsh wrote, a detailed explanation to counter this, telling her there is no such thing as taking sure aim on the battlefield and that those on the other side of the colors are more likely to get struck than the color bearer. His attempts to protect his wife as much as possible from the brutal reality of, warf of warfare are heartwarming. Peter Welsh fought in the 28th Massachusetts from South Mount. Sorry, from South Mountain to Spotsylvania. On 15th May, 1864, he wrote this following letter to Margaret. My dear wife, I write those few hurried lines to let you know that I got slightly wounded on the 12th. It is a flesh wound in my left arm, just a nice one to keep me from any more fighting or marching in this campaign. We have a pretty tough time Let's see, we have had a pretty tough time of it, and had, it has been eight days constantly fighting before I got hit. That was the greatest battle of the war, and we licked the saucepans out of them. My dear wife, I think I can get sent to a New York hospital. If not, I will get sick. I will get a sick furlough and go home. Dudley Burns has lost the first finger of his left hand. Of his left hand, uh, left hand, blah, blah, blah. you know what I'm saying. James was all right when I left the front. My dear wife, do not be uneasy. I'm all right here. Give my love to our friends. God bless and protect you. Write to me soon. As you get this, send me $5 if you can. <laughs> Good, Goodbye for the present. That's so sad, really. Margaret rushed to her husband's side. He had been sent to Carver Hospital in Washington, where on the 14th of the 14th of May, Sturgeon Judson reported his injury as a gunshot wound of the left forearm. 
producing a compound commuted fracture of the interior left umla. On 17th May, two days after Welsh written, had written to his wife, acting assistant surgeon operated on his, his injury. Removing broken pieces and the bullet. After the procedure, he was apparently doing well. His health began to deteriorate on May 20th. It transpired that he was suffering from blood poisoning. Color Sergeant Peter Welsh died on the 28th of May in 1864. Margaret sent a telegram to her uncle in New York. It simply read, he is dead and will be in New York in the morning. Peter Welsh is buried in Calvary Cemetery in Woodside, Queens, New York. Yes, I know. It's such, I mean, I'm feeling very emotional right now thinking about this man who lived and died for this country, you know, an immigrant. Anyway, all right, I need to get unconscious, and uh, and this is why we fight, honestly. This is why we fight for someone who, he died at, I think it was age 34, something like that. I'll look it up when I, later, whatever. But, you know, so many, so many young people. He's young, he's older. He was older than most of them. There are many other Civil War graves in that cemetery and all over the country. 20-year-old, 18-year-old, lying, dead. Never got to... Uh, have children, have love, who knows, right? Live this life. I mean, what does it mean to be alive? Anyway, we have a, we have a debt to pay. And uh, anyway, I think about, I think about them, really, I tell you. And this is why we're fight what we're fighting for. It's not just it's for that they did not die in vain. That is the truth. So, all right guys, let's meet back here probably on Saturday cuz I I don't think I'm going to be able to do another show this week, but we'll see maybe. Anyway, I I love you all and I really appreciate all your support. Your you're contacting me, you're everything. We're in this together, and I feel that. So thank you so much for supporting the show because we've only just begun, and we have a lot of work to do. And I believe that this is a, a good place to get together and talk about the truth of the fact that we are the patriots. We're the ones who are the standard bearers of this the American experiment. And we will win because we're on the right side of history and the right side of humanity. We don't leave people behind. We don't leave them behind on the battlefield. We don't leave them behind on in ignorance or in sickness. We don't leave them behind in their memory either. We recognize the sacrifices that they have made and the debt we owe to those who came before us. We will win. And, like I say, 
we stick together, we win. That is another way of saying e pluribus unum. My name is Tara Devlin. Thank you for hanging out. Please give the show a good review on iTunes and all those other places. Help us grow. Become a patron if you can. That helps. Eventually, we'd like to do a daily show. Is that Alexander the Great on your team? No, it's Augustus. It's Octavian. Well, it's Augustus, who became Augustus, the first, the, the first citizen of Rome, to remind us how tenuous a republic is. And um, even one that has republic in their... Uh, in their veins for hundreds of years older many more years than the than the united states they the the roman republic fell even though they were taught from the from the time that they that uh brutus's ancestor assassinated the king the etruscan king to create the roman republic no king, I can't remember the exact how they said how he said it. No king shall rule in Rome, but that was how many uh, four hundred years, five hundred years old, I believe. Even a five hundred year old republic can fall if we're not careful. So when Mike Lee was talking about, he's talking about the death of this republic. He's appalled. He's he's uh, concerned. Join the club. Why are you a re- Why are you a Republican then? Why are you supporting this? So, all right, guys, let's uh, meet back here on Saturday. Like I say, we stick together. We win. My name is Tara Devlin. I will. I I, I just got to thank you again for hanging out, and for all you do. So, I really, really love you. I'm not kidding. I know it sounds stupid to say and silly. We don't meet, but I see you and I really uh, maybe we'll meet in person one day. I I think we will. I'm kind of psychic like that. So, all right. I'll talk to you guys later. I feel like, how am I going to, I got to end the show more dramatically, but <laughs> we'll just say, I'll see you Saturday. We stick together. We win. My name is Tara Devlin. I will see you in a couple of days.